aka g mike you already know what it is baby back with another episode of the jeep perspective and y'all know what's up follow me on my socials at george mike perez on twitter ig tiktok and youtube ig mike media underscore and then the podcast the audio version itself is available on all podcast platforms under the jeep perspective and on youtube as well this week, we got an exciting conversation for you guys. A long-winded conversation, but awesome throughout. I bring on some old guests to talk about their favorite NFL teams going into the NFL playoffs. So we got the Philadelphia Eagles, how they could secure the number one seed. We got the Detroit Lions, who will finally make a playoff spot in so many years. And it's very exciting to see. And then we got the Denver Broncos, who have been out of playoff contention for a few weeks now. And we talk about what they need to improve this upcoming season. I got Nick Wilkins coming on, Logan Peter, and Justin Frazier. Great conversation, interesting, very entertaining. And hopefully you guys stick around, subscribe, hit the like button, and share some comments. Maybe talk your smack. But let's get into it, baby. My boys, what's good with y'all? Yo. Logan, Logan living lavish over there in Philly. Justin over there in the St. Louis area. And then my dog, Nick, over here in Florida. You know we Florida boys over here. How's everyone doing, huh? Huh? Yeah, we're all we're all Florida boys at heart. Come on. <laughs> well, I am. I don't know about y'all, but. I've been here long enough. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, man. Hey, bro. Great, great, great season that we've had in the NFL, man. I know y'all been excited, especially Logan over here and uh, number one team in the NFL with the Philadelphia Eagles. Good uh, job, Justin. bro. Still a whole nother week, bro. <laughs> <laughs> Justin, he just, Justin. Can't is, wait to snake that spot. I don't, I, I think you should skip me. Justin is over <laughs> here, over here fucking thinking about 2015 Denver Broncos, 2014. Nick. Nick is actually happy once for his his lifetime with the Detroit Lions. I wouldn't say happy. I'm a little bit more content than usual. <laughs> uh, but real quick, man, before we get into the teams, man, um, great news coming out of uh, Buffalo that with the situation with DeMar Hamlin, uh, the situation that happened on Monday Night Football when he made a tackle and then collapsed right after the tackle on the field. Um, everyone was worried. It was um, a scary time for the, the next 15 to 20 minutes. Right after that, he went on unconscious, uh, did not wake up. So they had to give him CPR and an oxygen tank while he was getting into the ambulance. But great news now, the, the Bills are saying that he is recovering very well, showing signs of getting better, and hopefully he could breathe on his own soon. Um, just real quick, I wanted to get your reactions on if you guys were watching it, um, what exactly you were thinking? Because I know there was a lot of um, scary thoughts that was going through a lot of people that were watching the game. It was like a, um, it was like a surreal moment because at first, and it, it sounds desensitized, but like you, we've seen players get carried off on stretches before, and they give the thumbs up. But then the longer it goes on, it's like 
okay, so what's really happening? And then, of course, through social media, you find out they had to bring out, they had to give them CPR, this happened and that happened. So as the night went on, it was like, I was just in shock that that had actually happened. I personally had never seen that. And I watched football probably just as much as the next person. So it was just all surreal, very sad. I'm super happy that he's doing well or doing better. I even saw this morning that he actually has become responsive and squeezing people's hands. So like you said, George, hopefully he's able to breathe on his own soon. And hopefully we don't see anything like that again. Got Nick. Yeah, I actually didn't get to see it. I was my flight got delayed. I was supposed to get home from Michigan before the game, and then uh, I ended up landing around ten ish. And I I seen on my phone that the the game got postponed. It was like still in the first quarter, and I was like, "Man, what's going on?" And then I see social media blew up. My phone blew up. People are like, "Yo, did you see what happened?" And I'm like, "No, I didn't see anything. I didn't see it." a thing but I've seen a lot of people were posting pray for Hamlin and stuff like that and I was like man it must have been bad and for the fact that they didn't continue the game it was like because I've like I like what Justin said I've seen a lot of football but I've never seen them just completely postpone the game for something like that so it was sad I mean I didn't get to see what happened exactly but I said a prayer for sure yeah yeah, no, nah, I was watching because your boy's in two fantasy championships. So, of course, that game had big implications for me. Uh, and, you know, obviously, when before the game, you're thinking, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, dang, I got a chance to, you know, be one step ahead of my boys, be able to talk that talk to them. And, you know, that's all I was really thinking about. And then everything happened so quickly. There was one drive back and forth. And then, you know, Burrow got the ball back. And to me, it kind of felt like the perfect storm. I mean, a lot of the times you hear like football hits are almost like car crashes in a certain way when they can come in full on collisions that obviously you're wearing pads and things of that nature. But when two grown men make that much contact that often, sometimes the perfect storm happens. And I kind of think that's what happened to DeMar Hamlin. And like Justin said earlier, uh, you know, this morning he's, they did say he was awake holding the hands of his family in the hospital. So he's now responsive. So that's, that's huge news for, for everybody involved. Uh, it was scary, man. Uh, I think the scariest part about the whole thing for me was looking at the players' faces because like you guys all mentioned, we've all seen injuries before happen. Like I was watching the Eagles game earlier in that day and Josh Sweat had a pretty gruesome looking neck injury at first. And then when they put him on the stretcher, you know, he, you know, gave him the thumbs up and was smiling. And by the end of the night, he was on Twitter telling everybody he'll be back before the playoffs start. So it's like, you know, sometimes it's like that. And then other times it's like, wow, Josh Allen just kind of looks like he just saw a ghost. Like that's kind of scary. And it's something that they're, those guys are going to have to live with for the rest of their lives. Cause they saw something that they probably never thought they'd have to see on the football field, especially considering one of their brothers, one of the people that they've been with for the last, what, 20, 25 weeks-ish, including OTAs and training camp. Uh, and, you know, I just feel for his family. That's something that I hope, you know, none of our families would ever have to go through. Or anybody, you don't wish that upon your worst enemy. Like having his mom, his mom's there to watch him play the game he loves and the game that he is playing to support her and the rest of his family. And, to have to ride to the hospital not knowing if he'll have his life it's a 
is scary. But uh, I it's it's great news. What's what's going on now? And I know his agent did just come out and tell everybody, including CNN, that he's been responsive and he's made incredible progress over the last twenty four hours. <clears throat> yeah, man. So I I was getting home um from the gym actually, and then uh my boys were writing on the group chat as well, sending me the post, whatever this and that. And when I got home, it was um them still circled around and trying to see what's up, um, getting the ambulance there and stuff like that. Um, and then I had seen uh, a highlight out of it on Twitter. And w- once I saw it, I I, I, ha- I had a feeling I had to do something with, with his heart because the way that he just came up, you could tell that it was all adrenaline. And then when he stood still, he just collapsed to the floor. So you could tell that it has something to do with his heart. And then it took me back to... Um, my first game, my senior year, that one of my boys, well, two of my boys, because one on the opposing team and then one on my team, um, my uh, the dude on my team, he was getting a kickoff return and he grabbed the ball and uh, my boy on the other team was coming like, like at least 20 miles per hour straight at him. And then he was not paying attention to where he was coming from and there was a head-to-head collision. Uh, went down to the floor Ambulance came, this and that, took it to the hospital. Then we found out that it was a, a blood clot in his brain. And then we had to play right after that. And I remember me and a couple of my teammates were like, yo, forget this. We don't want to play. Like, we want to go and check up on our boy and this and that. So, like, when 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 the refs and everything during the Cincinnati-Buffalo Bills game were taking all this time to cancel the game and this and that, like, I already knew. I was like, yo, they got to cancel this game. None of these players want to play once they see their boy or even on the opposing side. When you see you see a player just go down and collapse like that, you're not, you're not going to be thinking about, oh, damn, we got to make the playoffs. Oh, damn, we got to win this game to get the number one seed. No, man. It's, it's all about, like, like, just being a human, bro. And you, you see that happen, you, you want to end the game right then and there. And I know exactly how that feels. Even after the game, my senior year, my boy on the opposing team, he came with us to the hospital and he felt like complete shit, you know, because it's just a freak accident. Like it, it's, it, ha- it happens. Well, it's funny you say that, too. And like I see a bunch of people talking to T. Higgins and like giving him a bunch of crap about like the situation and things like that. And it's like, how can you even like do that, bro? Like you act like T. Higgins was the one that was like, oh, yeah, I'm going to I'm going to put you down right here. Like, come on, bro. Like, that's just something that is just like uncalled for. It's like, I don't understand why people, why people have to like even come to the assumption like that, because like you just mentioned your boy, they they already feel like shit enough. Like obviously they didn't want that to happen. And now they feel as if they're the ones that did it and instigated it. So they're already going to feel that extra, you know, the extra ramifications of the entire situation. I just think that stuff's kind of messed up, man. Yeah, man. And and I know, I know my teammates too, man, when it like, cause I have written to one of my teammates that actually put up the post prayers for Hamlin. I wrote to him. I was like, yo, man, this reminds me of this, this person, this person. And he was like, yo, bro, like it, it took me back instantly. And like that shit, like, like me, my emotions come back up and shit like that. Cause it's, it's a scary thought, bro. It's a scary thought. Like you think that, you know, like if you, if you're watching the game, like the, um, Adam Scheffner and this, this other guy, I forget his name. They were Bugger. talking about, Bugger. yes, Bugger. yes. They were talking about how, like, like at that moment, like you're not, you're not you're not worried about anything else but his his health, you know. Like you're just like yo, forget everything. Like I just want to know if my dude is okay and if he's gonna continue living. 
Yeah, and I to be fair, I think Shefty and uh, Booger did, and Joe Buck and Troy Aikman, uh, I thought they did an extremely good job considering the circumstances that they were put in as well. Uh, like and coming from where we all want to be at the end of our you know professional careers and just thinking about the situation that they probably had to go through to get through that, like that's tough. And I think they did they really did an extremely good job of like what you mentioned saying really like this game has no it has nothing no part of this game could have any more importance than this kid's life and they did a mm-hmm. good job portraying that throughout the entire you know scary situation yeah. Uh, yeah he was looked at more as a human than an athlete and that's what's needed in a time like that just i, I didn't see it with my eyes but i heard that he just went down with cardiac arrest and his heart stopped so i mean to see that live i could only imagine you know what I mean? And so the fact that they didn't continue the game, it was that was good for the NFL. I'm glad that they didn't because like like you said, George, no one no one's gonna want to play after that. No no one's gonna be like the first seed's on the line, AFC's on the line. No no one's gonna want to play after seeing something like that. Because that's the game they play that the beautiful game that they love. And they know that some things like that can happen. And they're not here. They're not superhuman. They're not heroes. They just play a game at an extremely high level. But they're still human. They're still vulnerable. Yeah, man. Well, you know, we're all um, continue to pray for him because he's still not out of there yet. But he is showing signs of improvement, so that's good. Um, hopefully, soon we hear that he could breathe on his own. Like like Justin said, that he's already uh, squeezing people's hands and stuff. So his motor skills. Are coming back to him and hopefully uh we hear better news sooner than later but just jumping on to like more um up hype news well not that much but you know like the denver broncos uh their, their 2022 season is uh is over they're not going to the playoffs at all and honestly very surprising for me and i'm pretty sure for the each of you you're very surprised that the denver broncos are not going to even be in the conversation for the postseason. Um, a few weeks ago, head coach Nathaniel Hackett was fired. He had a record of four and eleven, and with the lowest scoring offense in the league at 15.5 points per game. It was the shortest tenure of any non-interim head coach in their franchise history. Now, Justin, just because it's your team, baby, uh, we're gonna start <laughs> off with you. Um looks enthused. First of all, I want to know how you felt about this season. Like, I want I want you to make it be known, like, if the Denver Broncos are watching and they want to take some advice for you. And uh, what exactly um, does Denver need to improve on for next season? Rant incoming. <laughs> George, George, George. You know I love you, Doc. I have I haven't I told you so moment for everybody's team we're gonna talk about because if if everybody would go back to our preseason podcast, there's an I told you so moment for everybody's team. Facts. Logan tried to make me feel optimistic and say I think they could finish first or second in the AFC West. And I said, Logan, pump the brakes. I, I, I thought see, the same thing okay. though. I didn't uh, see uh, this coming. A- I'm not gonna lie. Four and twelve is god off. Off, okay, off. we can barely score. We've been robbed of two hundred and forty-five million dollars. I'm not happy. 
Matter of fact, it was a point in the season. I started um I started to boycott their games. Everything up, like I I didn't watch three games up until I went to LA and saw the Rams game. And then I go sit down, I'm hype. I'm like, I get to see the guys play. And that's by, not much better, by the way. I'm about to tell you what happened, man. By the time I got a, a drink and sat back down, it was 17 to 3. Baker Mayfield was looking like Payne Manning. Cam Akers looking like <laughs> Prime Edron James. I'm like, Tyler Higby looked like Kelsey. I'm like, what the hell? I don't understand. I don't even want to wear this, but I wore it for the show. It's like, bro, <laughs> I'm depressed. I'm not happy. <laughs> Any hope. We drafted our first round pick this year. Next year, who knows what's going to happen in the 2024 draft. I'm praying we suck again to get Caleb Williams and Drake May. But just my freaking luck, we're probably going to be like eight and nine, not even be able to get a pick up with a quarterback. You know, bro, Russell Wilson, bro, I don't even play Sierra's music. And I love Sierra. I don't play her music. <laughs> I play future every day. I play future every day. Bro, this is not cool. And then if you follow my Twitter, at Sports Freezy, I literally have said for months, Jerry Judy is the best receiver on the team. I don't know how it's hard to see. But guess what? These dudes, I'm not going to call them idiots because they know more ball than me. But these guys, they didn't even use them until we our season was done. Now you see him 100-yard game, 90-yard game. Now he's eating. And I'm like, why didn't we use him before? I just don't. And then the injuries. We lost Devontae. We lost Garrett Bowles. The only happiness I've even had is from Pastor Ted and the defense. Uh, and they, even them allowing 51 to Baker Mayfield is just god-awful. I don't know what to say, man. I don't even If I was a head coach, I don't even know if I would consider the job. Because you're tied in to an aging, height-challenged quarterback for five years. Bro, I don't know what to say. I'm sorry, man. I'm hurt. I really don't want to watch the game this Sunday, but I'm going to because it's the final one. After that, pray for me. Because this this is just awful. Go ahead, man. Go ahead. Wait, Justin, <laughs> there is there is no hope after that no. dog fight with Kansas City. No, no hope. What hope? <laughs> Russell Wilson is gonna automatically revert back to 2016. Russell Wilson. I gave I gave you some hope, Justin. Please. I gave you some hope. Thank you. All right. I will say, to be fair, I did definitely think that the Broncos were going to be a lot better than what they were. Same. I also thought that they were going to game plan a lot better than they did. Same. I also thought Nathaniel Hackett was going to be a lot better than what he was. I mean, at least four, four and 11. God damn. I mean, not even that though, like just some of the decision-making throughout the season. I know I don't have to point it out to you, Justin, but there's just a couple like time there's clock management. There's a lot of things that, you know, there's little things within a head coaching mind that you just need to have. And my God, can I take them real quick, Logan? Can I take them real quick. I should have known everything was gonna go to hell when these boys had a training camp fight and he made the team hug. I should have known. I should have known. <laughs> Again, ahead, Logan, uh, elementary school yard no, bullshit. No, please, <laughs> Justin. If anyone is gonna interrupt you right now, I hope it's you. Yeah, yeah. I had him at ten and seven. <laughs> I don't know what you guys had him at record wise. I had him at ten and seven. You know, I'm, I'm a fan. That's what I, that's what I, I had, had them making like, wild card. Listen, you know what I didn't yeah. have them have? I didn't have them being the worst team in the league in points per game. No, 
I didn't have them at number 24 in yards per game. I didn't have them at 31 for points per play. I did not have them at 26 for yards per play. Third down conversion definitely didn't have them at dead last at 28.44%. I mean, I definitely didn't have them (laughs) 30th for touchdowns per game at 1.6. I mean... I kind of figured that their rush defense was going to be as bad as it, or their rush offense was going to be as bad as it was. I, I kind of did figure that. You, like uh, Honestly, I didn't before the injury. I know, obviously, when Javante goes down, that's a big, big blow to the to the backfield. And I just knew once that happened, <laughs> I mean, I knew it was going to look bleak after that. I mean, I, I really did. And I, it's probably, honestly, the reason why they're low 20s in all the rushing categories and not dead last is because of the production that Javante had early in the season. Uh, your defense is great. And I do think that if Russell Wilson has a coach like, say, Pete, not obviously not Pete Carroll, but, I mean, Sean Payton would be a guy that I think would be interesting. And if you put those two together, I do think that Russell Wilson still has good football ahead of him. I really do. I, I just don't understand how he could just fall off of a cliff that quickly and that just – to me, it just feels like something was wrong with the the situation. And obviously, you're tied into that quarterback. You, you, Russell Wilson's not going anywhere. You gave up – you mortgaged a lot for him. So, to me, what other hope do you have? And to ride him and hope and pray that the next head coach that comes in here that Elway and company likes is somebody that can maybe, just maybe, work with a Hall of Fame quarterback because the guy that they hired just was, I'm telling you, the schemes that I watched the Broncos a lot this year, and I bet on them a lot this year because, like you said, preseason, I was pretty high on them. So I'm telling you, if you have – a guy that can actually have the mind of a head coach. Daniel Hackett was not that guy. And I know you agree with me. And, you know, if you do get a guy like Sean Payton to come in here or somebody else of that magnitude, I'm telling you that ship will turn around a lot quicker than you think. I completely agree. I think Sean Payton going there would be the best thing for Denver, but it's obviously a long shot, but someone with some, head coaching experience I've heard Harbaugh actually is listening to uh head coaching hot, um, offers in the NFL and even Harbaugh I mean he wins everywhere but I mean the Broncos are still talented I mean if you guys scored 18 points in your first 12 games you would have been 10 and 2 instead of 3 and 9 that's how good the defense has played 18 points that's all you needed to score in regulation that's it well, and weigh it with three wins instead. It's funny when you, when you talk about like how Jerry Judy is far and away to me the best wide receiver on that team, and it felt as if like for the first eight weeks, like they just were forcing the ball to Cortland Sutton, Sutton. and forcing the ball to mm-hmm. every other guy on their roster, and I never really quite understood why. And to be honest, I agree with you as well to the point where I'd think a Hall of Fame quarterback can realize that he's not giving the ball to his best skill position guy and make that change himself. But to me, again, the way that that locker room was described throughout the year, and I know 
that Jerry Judy has come to the defense of Russell Wilson in the come in the last couple of weeks and said like, you know, half the stuff that you guys talk about is just completely not true anyway. Like we kind of just laugh it off as a team, which is something that I think is encouraging for the locker room because I really do think the problem was the head coach. So I'll see if I'm right or wrong, obviously <laughs> next year. Cause we ain't going to see it this year. Sorry. I mean, that's, that shit has sailed, but <clears throat> I really do think if they have the right head coach, <laughs> then. If you guys can't see, for the people that are, are listening to the podcast, Justin is holding up a tweet that he put out. It says, Jerry Judy is the Broncos' best wide receiver, and next year he should be treated as such. And those are facts. That's facts. Right? That's facts. And, like, it's Sutton's just, a great, too. Sutton's 6'4", like, two, great 215, too. 220. Like, that's he why reminds- they want to. They he want reminds to give me of Devontae Parker. He's a big he, to me. He's he's a big guy that can go up and get the ball, but he's hurt all the time. And on top of that, he just doesn't have the explosiveness that Jerry Judy has. Mm-hmm. Jerry Judy is capable of things on the field that not a lot of people look at and can see because of the sheer fact that he just does not get the ball enough. And his route running Judy. are crisp, crisp, crisp. crisp. Yes. Every Chris. most out Al- most Alabama guys cough cough Jameson Williams. I don't know why you're not getting the ball either, but uh hey, we're giving him time, bro. We giving him but, time. I yeah, I, I agree. Injuries. Yeah, he but came most, back. Most came Alabama back guys cough cough this guy yeah. too. They run routes yeah, that's a good extremely good well, extremely facts, well. Facts, no matter facts, their yeah. size. Alabama receivers for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, bro. Yeah, um, Jerry Duty, man, at Alabama though was that dude filthy, was fun to watch. Filthy, filthy. I wish they would give him the ball. That team, that team, what was it? 2019? It's killing me. <laughs> Yo, but my whole thing is, my whole thing is, right? Like, it, it started, it started um, week one. Bro. Once Javante got out, that, that took a blow to the offense. Obviously, defenses are like, you know what? Javante's out. Week one? Week four. Uh, I, I thought, week four? I was say, oh, yeah, I yeah, yeah. Early. You're right. You're right. I was, right. was going to had a couple early, weeks though. in there. Because yeah. I, I had him in fantasy, and I was like, I was so happy with him for the first three weeks. I was like, let's go. Devontae's going to be tough. And yeah, yeah. yeah. I, him I drafted him, too. I drafted him in, like, three leagues. But um, e- even then, even then, it still started week one with the whole – because I was going to mention this as well w- with the whole coaching. Letting 40 seconds run off the clock on fourth quarter when you could have won the game with two timeouts left, if time management, like – was out the window. I felt like it was my junior year back in high school when my coach did not know how to fucking run the clock, bro. Like, yo, all you got to do is play fucking Madden and you'll know how to run the fucking clock. So that right there pissed me off from the get. Like, him not controlling the game against Seattle when they could have won that. Like, you wasted 40 seconds to call a timeout with 10 seconds left and then do a fucking ridiculous play that didn't work out when you had... At least two more plays ahead of you. Like it, it was, it was fucking ridiculous from that start, and then uh, it trickled down. Like I don't think Hackett had the skills to be a head coach. He's great. He, he where was he in Arizona before? Green Bay. In Green Bay, he was offense coordinator, right? Yeah. Yeah, he was great <laughs> there. He knew he knew how to run the offense there, this and that. But being a head coach is completely different, bro. You got to bring the team together. The aura of the team has to be, like, super glued tight. Like, it, it's just completely different running a whole team as a as an offensive quarter. I'm sorry, 
as a head coach and then just running the offense as an offensive coordinator. So from that get-go, I think it was just a trickle-down effect. And then Javante Williams go out. Russell Wilson starts losing his confidence because the coach doesn't know what he's doing. Like, it it, it was just so bad from the for the Broncos since the get-go. It's 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 funny from the start too though because like you think about it as like if you're if you're the Broncos brass right and you're thinking about who you want to hire as a head coach last year you're thinking in your head well we're interviewing the offensive coordinator for the Green Bay Packers uh who is the real offensive coordinator for the Green Bay Packers I'm pretty sure he wears number 12 and plays like how, how much how much how much did Hackett really tell Aaron Rodgers what to do on the field? But still, we, we know why Denver got him. That's what I'm we, saying. We that's, know that's why my point. Denver it was, got it was, Hackett. Yeah, it was, it was, it was to was, bring in twelve. But that was never exactly. Yeah, and that's the thing. Yeah, it was always the floor calling a play. So even looking back, yeah, exactly. But it's just funny to me as like you're looking at the brass and you're like, all right, yeah. If 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 the only reason you're bringing in this guy is to try to lure twelve here is like, I guess that makes sense. But also, like, oh, man, what if we don't get 12 and then we have to do a backup plan with this guy? Then what's going to happen? Oh, now we are tied into a Hall of Fame quarterback. Don't get me wrong. That I really do think has good football ahead of him. But now we have no first-round pick in a year that we probably would have had a top five pick. It's at two. It's at two. Yeah, Seattle got a nice nice little pick, right? Seattle's going to sit there and take Jalen Carter or something. Or a quarterback. He's going to take a quarterback. He might take a quarterback because Gino's bridge. Come on. Let's be real. Gino's bridge. but Ain't playing bad, though. He's not playing bad, but Gino's bridge. Not playing bad. No, no, no. That man got drafted in like 2012. He's not the future. Not the future. He hasn't played pretty bad last couple weeks. It's inconsistent. That's why your Lions are flirting. Yeah, man. Hey. Change it. Matter of fact, go say it. Yeah, 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 this weekend, they have to play their divisional opponent, the Green Bay Packers. In that game, whoever wins most likely moves on to the playoffs. So that's going to be Seattle dope. Wins. Now, if Seattle wins, if, yeah, yeah, that's what I was about to mention. If Seattle wins, then they get that seventh seed, and the Packers and Lions, both of them are out. So they need Seattle to lose, and then whoever wins that game between Detroit and Green Bay moves on. So starting off with Nick. Nick, how you feeling about your Lions, man? Finally going to make playoffs once again. Well, I feel like we're not, not for sure, but it. I feel like, feel like not you're not. Make it. Lions love to give me hope just to rip it away. This it, <laughs> happened so many, so many, so many, so many, so many times. And I, I can't I can't put all my, my faith in them. I mean, Seattle's got a pretty easy game on the schedule. Obviously, any given Sunday, Rams could beat Seattle, but I think the Seahawks will come away with a win. And then the amount of heartbreaking losses we've had <laughs> at Green Bay is very immense. I mean, a lot of people have seen Aaron Rodgers Hail Mary to to beat us. I mean, it's he does crazy things against the Lions because we let him. So I just even if Seattle loses that game, I still think the Packers would beat us because they're on a hot streak. We we did kind of stomp Chicago, but we also lost against Carolina in a game we needed to win. And we got 
completely dominated in that game. And I just – I feel like the Packers are going to win. I just I, – I don't see us going in and winning. If if so, that's a huge culture change because that's something I really don't see. Week 17 playing against the Packers in Green Bay, we lose nine times out of ten. And you guys already beat them once this season, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But – to be fair, Aaron Rodgers threw three red zone interceptions. Yeah, yeah, it was, it was a bad game by Aaron We didn't Rodgers. really deserve to win that game. He gave it to us. And I that, will that's also how say, I though, I also think Detroit's defense has played extremely better than that game because that's true. that game was – run defense, though. Yeah, yeah, that's true, but I yeah. – do you think There's their no second defensive tackle is? Their second, yeah, that yeah. is true. Your 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 line is oh. definitely in but for Houston, a battle. James Houston, though. Oh yeah, that dude. He's gotten better and better mm-hmm. every game. Watching him play that, him and Hutch on side. That's that's something I really like to watch. I mean, that reminds me of like an Ansa Sue type, but obviously not. I don't think that good because Sue was different. Sue took up every double, triple team, but <laughs> and uh, but I like where it's going. If you're worried about, you know, if you're worried about the Seahawks and the Rams, I will say one of my friends is a like a really, really big Rams fan, like one of my best friends. And uh, one stat he loves throwing at me, especially this week, is uh, the Seahawks have not swept the Rams since 2013. It's been, what, 10 years? So the Rams have had a pretty good go at Seattle for the past uh, 10-ish years, and they lost to them in L.A. earlier. Seattle beat them in L.A. So the last time they got swept by them was 10 years ago. Good. Yeah, yeah. We're, sure. we're asking Baker Mayfield to go into Seattle and win this hey, game. Listen, the NFL at the end of the day is an entertainment business. I think, I think it would be very entertaining. <laughs> I think it would be very entertaining to see the game that they flexed to Sunday night football be for a playoff spot. Mm-hmm. Yep. yep. I've seen that. Facts. But um, that definitely could have been on purpose. You're not wrong. It is It is a business. They're they trying to make money. A lot of people are going to watch that but, game if it's for a playoff spot. Oh, for sure. And I know a lot of people are actually rooting for the Lions because yeah. no one wants to see Aaron Rodgers take that last play. And, and guess what? The, uh, and well, So wait. I'm rooting for the Lions. Let me ask you something. If Seattle wins and Green Bay wins, Green Bay gets in? Yeah, Green Bay. If Green Bay uh, wins, regardless, they're in. Uh, Seattle great. could win, and Green Bay wins, they're in. Great. It's like the Dolphins and shit. Mm-hmm. Justin, what you got, buddy? No, Nick. You, you're a little quiet. <laughs> I just wanted to wait because I'm not going to pull up the video, but if you go to my Twitter, August 22nd, we did a preseason podcast. I, I don't think we did. I'm going to see y'all the video after this. I'm going to see y'all the video. I think Logan liked it already, so he's seen it. I said, I think the Lions are going to be my regular season sleeper, and they'll be fighting for a playoff spot come the final weeks, and here the hell we are. So I'm not, fucking analyst. I'm not surprised by this, this beautiful team with Jared Goff and DeAndre Swift, Jamal Williams, St. Brown. Shout out to my St. Louis boy, Jameson. St. Brown's know. been on fire, bro. Shout out to the guys, Josh Reynolds, Great DJ fantasy Chart. Logan has said something I should have tweeted out hells ago. The defense has actually been playing very well. Mine is getting stomped out by the Panthers' run game. So I mean, mm-hmm. at the same time, it's beautiful. Nick, I feel like you should be happy. 
Honestly, not content. I feel like you should be happy. This is me. Like- I I like I like the direction we're going, which is something I haven't said in a long time. Yeah, yeah. Let me ask you something. Yeah, we're doing opposite of what we were doing. Let me ask you something, Nick. I all the reports obviously have come out recently that have stated that they like Jared Goff to build in the future. (laughs) How do we How do we feel about that? I think he's being I think he's being carried by a great O line play, Penne Sewell, Decker. Ragnow, I think they're carrying him. He gives him a lot of time to throw the ball. And like you said, Amon St. Brown is a beast. J-Mo coming back, he's a beast. Reynolds, he's nice with it. Chark, he was a wide receiver, one at Jags. Mm-hmm. And Chark has actually been pretty healthy this season. And Goff has – if Goff hits that throw to Chark, we beat the Bills. I don't know if y'all were watching that game, but Chark had, had his man oh, beat. Yeah. Yep. wide open. And that was the Thanksgiving game, right? To the sideline. Do it to the sideline. Yeah. It wasn't even close. Yeah. But that that's when he started – That that's when he flipped the switch, though. That's when he started, like, playing, like, consistently great. Mm-hmm. I've seen a lot of wide open wide receivers, bro. I'm not going to lie. It takes a lot, though. It takes a lot. So, first of all, shout out to Ben Johnson, future head coach. That's a fact. That's a fact. I don't want him to go. His play calling has gotten so much better in the no, it's like, it's, it's like So Nathaniel, much better. If if Nathaniel Hackett hadn't messed up us signing, signing first-year coaches, I would have begged for Ben Johnson. But it's okay. It's okay. okay. I digress. Now, but, ben Johnson has really surprised me, especially how bad he started. But the play calling has gotten so much better. We're finally involving Swift in the past couple of weeks, which I didn't think we were going to because we just kept giving uh, Williams the ball. And that's, that's fine. Like, obviously he led the league in touchdowns for, for a good bit. And so he's, he can punch it in, but Swift is just, he brings a different open field um, game to the Lions. You know what I mean? You get him out in screens, you get him out um, in sweeps. I mean, he makes stuff happen towards the sideline. And so I like the involvement of Swift more. But to answer your question, no, I don't think Jared Goff is the future. Logan, I I think he's done great at limiting the mistakes, but he has played good, Nick. I think he has played good. I think you're in for a surprise, Nick. Yeah, I think, I, gonna, no, I, I think they're going to stick with it. I know what we're going to do. Because that man's young. That man's young. And they like him. They like him. And he's a good I will say, I will say for the longest time, obviously being an Eagles fan, I always thought as if Carson Wentz was miles better than Jerry Goff. Uh and I know. In 2023, I can truly sit there and say that Jared Goff, from not even just the standpoint on the field, but off the field as well, everywhere that he goes, the locker room like likes him. Like he's genuinely a good person. And Carson Wentz, I can't say the same about that. So uh <laughs> I think I think I think on and off the field for sure it's uh, it's definitely golf over Wentz and uh, the Rams. Oh, 100%. The Rams, I mean obviously the Eagles got a first round pick for Carson too so like we kind of did the same thing. I mean dirty business but it is what it is. How he's how he how he how he does how he uh but can obviously the Rams got what they wanted in a Matt Stafford Super Bowl and everything like mm-hmm. that but I think I would much rather be in Jared Goff's shoes right now than Matt Stafford. Stafford, I really think Stafford's gonna retire. He honestly, might. you said that. He's I not. really see it. He just he said paid. that, but he hasn't been playing. 
I mean, no, but even if one more bad injury, though, yeah, one more bad injury, even if it does come play back. with, especially so he, he got a wife too, and he <laughs> well, probably listens is... to his wife, not like Brady. <laughs> no, the messed up thing is, too, is probably just fighting for that four year pension, bro. That's the same thing with Hamlin, is I think that's fucked up, is the fact that like the, the NFL can say all these things, oh, yeah, pray for him, pray for him, pray for him. They're not going to do shit for this guy or his yeah, family, uh-huh. because yeah. guess what? At the end of the day, he didn't play his four years for the NFL to get his pension, so they, they don't care. So luckily, everybody else that actually gives a fuck about this guy that's all else is still in the league. Like, I know him and Miles Sanders were really, really, really good friends at, at Pitt, going back to Pitt and everything mm-hmm. like that. Like, because the NFL, the NFL doesn't care. All they care about is money. They Money, 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 money. Any big-time business, the same shit. Yeah, and mm-hmm. it's 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 messed up. Any league. Yeah, it's messed up. Any league, any corporation, any any big time corporation, the same bullshit, yeah. bro. But that's exactly this real people that, under the bus for it. Yeah. Know? Yeah, exactly. But that's exactly the same situation though. Like they're they're just fighting for their four year pension, bro. Like the, I gotta get I get to two is two just wants to play four years so he can set his family up. That's probably what his thought process is. Because like you mentioned, he's been getting Beat up, bro. Like it's it's the messed up thing is probably the four most gruesome injuries that we've seen on a football field have all happened in Cincinnati. Think about that. Yeah. A B North. Week four. Yeah, dude. Antonio Brown, Ryan Shazier, now Demar Hamlin, and what's the last one I was thinking of? Tua. Tua, yeah. 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 So crazy. Yeah, just just sticking off of what you guys said, <clears throat> although you made some great points about the lines. Um, let me let me start off with Jared Goff. I think um they're gonna stick with him hundred percent. They're not gonna draft if they do draft a quarterback. It's gonna be probably third, fourth round, uh, just to have a backup back there. That's but fine. they're gonna they're gonna stick with him. He um, remember he was a number one pick. Like that guy, he knows how to control an offense. Like like Logan said, a lot of people like him. Anywhere he goes, he's respected, and, and, and people, you know, fall in love with his his aura and stuff. And I think, like, after that Thanksgiving game, I think he, he, like, looked himself in the mirror and was like, yo, you need to beat that dude. And I think he started doing that. I think he started slinging the ball very well, running the offense very well. He has some great offensive um, weapons, like you mentioned, Nick. And I think they're just going to move on from there. I think what they really going to build on is your defense because – I think your past defense is good, not not the best, but it's it's top it's top half of the league for sure. But your run defense is very very like, mm, mm, you know, if, tackle bad, you know, you know what I'm saying. Bad. It's it's if we got the edges. So I think you guys yeah, are gonna improve on that. I think you guys are gonna drop there. Maybe even try to sign uh, some free agents or make a trade. Maybe in the off season, I think that's what's really gonna happen. But. What I really like, bro, is the momentum that you guys are going with. Like, after that Thanksgiving game, I think not only Jared Goff looking at himself in the mirror, but I think everybody was like, yo, we could do this. We need to flip this shit around. And what? They went on a four-game win streak, right? Like, four, five game? Four. Four? Dude, they started They started amping it up, bro, and it's awesome to see. That's the momentum you need. Now, now if you get into the playoffs, that's fucking awesome, bro. But if you don't get into the playoffs, yo, you look to next year, and I promise you, bro, I think Detroit is going to be one of the top teams in the NFC because just because of the aura that they got around going the team. Like, if you even watch the um, the HBO series, that you mm-hmm. could tell that they're for each other. Like, you could tell that they got the chemistry under uh, this, uh, Dan Campbell. Like, Campbell. He, yeah. he, he's a good coach, a good player's coach, you know? Like, he, he knows what it takes to win, and he's showing it 
to every single player out there on that field and in the locker room. So I think it's great momentum for you guys. I think it's very looking very, very positive in your future. You know, you just got to fill in some pieces here and there and work a little together more. But other than that, man, I, I think I think you guys have a good chance this Sunday against the Green Bay Packers. I think the Packers do win just because it's in a Lambeau field. It's going to be cold as hell. Uh, you know, Detroit plays in the Dome. Um, Aaron Rodgers has been playing up to par lately, and their defense has the been history. yeah, like their defense is playing. It's playing. You don't better. have to remind him. <laughs> <laughs> nah, but I, uh, I agree though. I yo. do like Campbell, man. He is a player's coach. He gets people to play for him, and that's something the Lions haven't had ever. <laughs> I mean, Caldwell. I was a big fan of Caldwell before he dipped, but um. They have yeah, a couple they, guys in there that I'm telling you, yo, on top of Ben Johnson, I think Deuce Daly is another guy that's going to be a future head coach in this league too. He's got yeah. all the he's got all of the qualities in the world to be a head coach in this league. And he was he interviewed for the Eagles head coaching job before he left ultimately because when he didn't get the job as the Eagles head coach, they basically put him in the same position uh, that he was in. And the Lions obviously were like, "Dude, we'll give you a bigger role, dude. Come, you know, come work mm-hmm. with us." Do stay with a great coach. Aaron Glenn, too. <laughs> yes. They've... Aaron Glenn's and all of them as a unit have gotten better like every game mm-hmm. in terms of like clock management, game calling, everything, play calling. Yeah. And it's the... like that's that's my favorite thing to see is how well of a coaching staff they are working together as a unit. Like Justin highlighted, Ben Johnson has been playing been calling the game so, so much better in the later half of the year. And you know, we got nine picks, though, in this draft. We got nine because of that trade uh, with Minnesota and the Jared Goff trade. So that's why I think we should take one. one and that's on another pick that's looking whether good, Whether it's too. late You'll take or one not. quarterback for sure, for sure. I you will. think we need – because Sudfield is our backup. So if oh. Jared goes down, like, God forget it. God forbid. Yo, put some respect on my boy Nate Sudfield's name, boy. I mean, that man slings it. Come on now. <laughs> Boy slings it, yo. I'm telling you, Nate, Nate the Dimer Sudfield. You don't even know, bro. You don't even know. Yeah. I hope Jared Goff gets hurt now. Oh my god, I can't. I can't. I didn't even know that. The TCU I didn't even know QB, though, he's not expected to go high. Yeah, Max Duggan, late. he's he's good. Mm-hmm. There's he a couple dog. quarterback. There's a couple quarterbacks late in college this year that could be like, even Stetson Bennett. I don't think Stetson Bennett's going to be drafted anytime high. Yeah. But it's I just think some he's old. Yeah, but some too. team, some team will take a chance on him. Twenty nine, yeah. right? He's twenty nine, right? Yeah, something like that. Yeah, I think he's twenty nine. Like, I think he's thirty four. Oh, I got, I got four years out of him. Him and Sean he's Clifford like, what, are thirty four, boy. No, no, no. There's one. There's one quarterback that's twenty nine years old right now. It's probably it's Sean not Clifford. It's not steady though, man. It's, it's not okay, steady. Okay, okay. It's probably Sean Clifford, bro. Penn State's finest. That man's been in the league for eight years. Yeah, it feels like been I've been waiting for Drew Hour to take over for that man, and just gosh, I'm gonna come back for a ninth year. Shit, I, I got four years of eligibility. Was good. <laughs> All right, man. Just moving on. On this one, I'm gonna include my team on it too. But right now, the Philadelphia Eagles are one win away. Was securing the number one seed in the NFC. They started off great, great season, great first half of the season. Second season was good too, but when they lost Jalen Hurts, obviously not to a gruesome injury or nothing like that. He's just been out for a few weeks. They have been 0 and 2. Just want to remind you of that. Uh, the Eagles can have home field advantage all playoff long if they win this Sunday against the Giants. The Giants are already in the playoffs, so for them it'll be a meaningless game. Um, 
I wouldn't be surprised if they probably set out some players so they could uh, rest and stuff. But yeah, Jalen Hurts been out for three weeks. Uh, this is gonna be his third game that he's gonna be out. And like I said, they own two without uh, Jalen Hurts. So Logan, what do you think exactly the Eagles need to do this weekend to secure the number one seed in the playoffs? Well, Jalen's not officially out yet. True, but but most likely he's gonna be out. Look, hey, not the little teacup, bro. <laughs> look, yo, look, ready? Micah Parsons and Chris <clears throat> Sims are two people that have undervalued the MVP of the league, in my opinion, in Jalen Hurts. Oh Jesus Christ! Uh, and you look at wait, real quick. Like, you think he's over Patrick Mahomes? Absolutely. Patrick Mahomes is thirteen and three, and he started every game. Jalen Hurts is thirteen and one. Let's continue talking though. I disagree uh, with that, but okay. Uh, <clears throat> plus, all right, ready? So, yeah, we're, we're talking. We're just having a conversation. Go ahead, go ahead, yeah, yeah, go ahead. So, go ahead. I just uh, wanted to make sure you thought. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, I mean, listen, if Jalen Hurts doesn't fine, go down, fine. if Jalen Hurts doesn't go down, he wins MVP. But um, I do think Mahomes will win MVP at the end of the day. But if Jalen Hurts never goes down and wins those games, because he would have walked into Dallas and handled the Cowboys, because they shouldn't even have won that game, because Gardner Minshew gave you that too. But uh, Gardner Minshew is not. Listen, oh, you did 100%. Can't take it away from you. Uh, Gardner Minshew is terrible. He's not a good quarterback. Uh, and he just played himself out of a starting chance next year to be a bridge quarterback for a team like the Titans, a team like the Saints, uh, a team that's quarterback needy, the Jets. Uh, he played himself out of that role. Um, <laughs> if you look at the stats, he's had more time in the pocket than Hurts has had this year uh, in both those two games that he's played. He's thrown two interceptions. He threw two interceptions in that Dallas game. The first one completely just horrific. Like it's not even yeah. like it's not even out of the question. Like, how do you even make that pass? Like at all to me. Like it, it's that bad. And then you walk into a home game against a team that you can one knock out of the playoffs. They were already knocked, they got knocked out later that day by the Bucs beating the Panthers, thankfully. But you can knock a team out of the playoffs that you have their first-round pick, bro, and you can clinch the one seed for yourself. You would think that that is, like, the perfect storm for the Eagles to absolutely spank the Saints back to New Orleans. And no, because Minshew's playing. And it's like, I, I told everybody this before the game, and it's like, people really do undervalue this guy, Jalen Hurts. And again... Patrick Mahomes is having a great year. He always has a great year. He's the best quarterback in the league. He's the best player in the league for a reason. But the Eagles would have set all of their starters for that Saints game and all of their starters for next game. Because I guarantee you Jalen Hurts walks. The Cowboys, to me, like, we'll get into this too. But, like, you look at that game that they played against the Jacksonville Jaguars, and the Jaguars are going to win the, the bum-ass South. Great. Uh that Shady said it best. Yo, Dak is ass. Dak is ass, bro. Dak is ass. He throws picks left and right, bro. Dak is Still ass. Support, baby. Still support. I'm telling you. I love That's it. it. I love that you support him, but Dak is ass. So, yeah. like, to, uh, to I, me. I agree. I agree. Yeah. So, to me, the Eagles should have the ones he locked up already. And the fact that Jalen Hurts is hurt is just scaring me for the rest of the year. I'd rather have Nick Foles back there than Gardner Minshew. I ain't even going to front. And Nick Foles is still playing terrible football. 
and he's hurt now, but he was playing terrible football last week and the week before that. And I look at this team and it's like, to me, everybody knows the value of the quarterback position in this league. It's a quarterback league. You need a quarterback in order to sustain any type of success where they throw a bunch of interceptions. Like Dak throws a bunch of picks, but he also moves the ball down the field pretty quickly as well. So like there's pluses and minuses to every guy in this league. Yeah. Their run game is terrible without Hurts in there. Terrible. Uh, Lane Johnson being hurt kills them. Lane Johnson, in my opinion, is the best tackle in football. I don't know how you guys think about that, but Lane Johnson to me is the best tackle in football. He hasn't given up a sack in, what, four years? Uh, he's he's dynamite. Like He's going to be a first ballot Hall of Famer. Uh, you lose him, and then you lose the your MVP caliber quarterback, I'll say. It's a recipe for disaster, in my opinion. And no, I don't think they're going to win if Gardner Minshew plays because Brian Dable already came out and said that he's not sitting anybody. It's full steam ahead for the Giants. I don't know oh, how... He did say that coming out in an interview last after last <clears> week. <throat> but I also don't know how true that is because Vegas knows a lot more than we do. And the Eagles were like 13-point favorites when the yeah. lines opened. I don't know what they are now. I haven't really checked. But I will tell you this. If Gardner Minshew is the starting quarterback and Daniel Jones and Saquon Barkley are lacing up their cleats and the rest of that Giants defense, if Thibodeau plays, if all those guys play, you will be seeing the Eagles traveling to fucking Tampa Bay again next week after dominating the entire league all year because of one injury when in reality you're playing the Chicago Bears who have one of the worst run defenses in football. Why are you running your franchise quarterback 20 times and giving your running back who's on a contract year that you might not even re-sign that's a pro bowler has a thousand yards? Nine touches. He shouldn't be a pro bowler, by the way, but okay. He was, though. So yeah. I'm just stating the facts. CMC? CMC got robbed. Ready? Oh, so, for sure. Pro Bowl, Tony Powered. Mm. He's that much better than Miles Sanders. No, 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 no. I'm not, I'm not, no, 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 no. I'm, I'm, I'm not saying that. I'm not saying that. I'm not saying That's what I'm saying, though. He was a pro bowler, too. Like, you, you can say he was snubbed, too. Yeah, better uh, stats than Miles Sanders, though. Thousand yards, bro. <laughs> Ten, no, he didn't have more touchdowns. That's crazy. No, uh, I said more, better stats. <laughs> better stats. How do you know? He didn't have more touchdowns, and he was on a worse team. Uh, all I'm saying is, the fact of the matter is, he got hurt because of the game plan that they walked into Chicago with, and it was a <laughs> shitty game plan. So you really can, to me, only blame the fact that Hurts is hurt on that game plan. And they've been downplaying the injury ever since it happened, in my opinion, as well. Like, after that Chicago game, they were like, oh, he's, he's, he'll be fine, guys. So he'll probably be back next week. Now look where we're at. It's like, well, I mean, is this even, even I, I, like, once the playoffs happen, is this guy even going to be able to come back then? It's like, if he's not ready to come back now and take a game that they need in order to get the one seed, who's to say he's going to be ready when they actually need him in the playoffs? I mean, it's a week, it's a week separate. So a lot of healing that could happen then. But so I'm I saying, though, saying, but they, said, they said, they said that first week that he <clears throat> would be ready to play against the Cowboys. Yeah. <laughs> it, it hasn't been close. Yeah. Tough man, it's tough. It is. Uh, it is tough. And I know Justin, you're. I know you're sitting there happy as hell because you're gonna get a little buy there. You're gonna be. You're gonna be a little buy happy and everything. I'm. Like that. I'm. But I'm on the fence about something. it. I'm on let the fence about something. it. I, let me I'll tell you something. I'll, let me tell you something. If number twelve beats the Lions and they get the seven seed, I guarantee you that they walk into Minnesota and beat them. I don't know if they'll go in and beat San Francisco. I think they would actually probably lose to the 49ers. But I guarantee you, he would walk into Minnesota and beat the Vikings. And then guess where he's going to kick your ass. Because Aaron Rodgers will beat the fucking Cowboys if he's the seven seed and y'all are the one. I guarantee it. 
We'll see. We'll see. Justin, what's your guy? You really could, though. I think when you put the little title in, it should be like the Justin Frazier, I told you so episode. <laughs> at the, in the just put a quote. <laughs> just put all my all my little, you know, quotes at the preseason and put them in here. Because I, Logan was a little questionable about his team. He knew they'd be good. But I was like, them boys winning the one seed because also I wrote about it. <laughs> I wrote about it. 14 and three right there. Oh, you know, it's like I'm not surprised again. The Eagles, they're great. They're deep. Everything's good. Like Logan said, though, I hope, I hope Jalen comes back. Cause I'm not disagreeing that he's not MVP caliber. We can say that for like another episode or whatever it may be, like an awards episode or something. But he's had a great year. He's had a great year. But this 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 Eagles team, man, it's one of the deepest teams I've seen in recent memory. Yeah. Bradbury's having a hell of a year not getting talked about. Slay oh, yeah. Is a great corner. CGJ got robbed of the, of the excuse me. He got robbed of the of the Pro Bowl. Yeah, so did Hargrave. They've had they had a couple guys on defense that got robbed of the Pro Bowl. Josh Brandon Sweat. Graham. Brandon Graham's got eleven Sweat, sacks. Man. Josh Sweat's got Hassan eleven sacks. Hassan Reddick is great. Hassan Reddick's a dog. AJ oh. Brown is great. Smith we might have we might have to start having the Hassan Reddick Michael Parsons conversation. Oh, no, we're not going that far. That's why. Fuck out of here, man. But yeah, man. Uh, <laughs> I can't with Logan, bro. Even if he doesn't get the bye, I would have no issue saying, oh, yeah, they'll beat Tampa. Oh, yeah, they'll beat whoever they play in the division round. Yeah, yeah. I'm telling you, though, it all hinges on JH, bro. I'm telling you, it all hinges oh, on JH. Sure it does. I agree. Yeah. I, but, but Michael Parsons out there so saying, saying it's a system quarterback and like, oh, Eddie Mitchell's going to walk in there. And you know what's funny? Mitchell walked in and made that defense. Of course, he's going to say that but, shit, though, man. You got a divisional opponent. Of course, you're going to say that. He's just trying to get in his head. Bro. Yeah, dog. Nah, come on, hard, man. Bro. That's you know what shit talk? Uh, that's that's not what it was though. I'm I'm, I'm almost positive. I'm almost, listen, Chris. Nah, Sim- all right, so, so explain Chris Sims then. Explain Chris Sims to me because they think the same way. And Chris Sims is not a divisional opponent. Chris Sims has no beef with Jalen Hurts whatsoever, other than the fact that he just thinks the same exact way that Michael Parsons does, and that has nothing to do with the fact that they play in the same division. It's not even that he's a system quarterback. It's just that. He does have more than the typical elite. Just yeah, he bring he has more intangibles than the average quarterback. I'm talking about yeah, yeah, he does. you can find a, a, a picture from every game where he's got about 10 minutes to stand behind the line. Which is oh, not a problem. Who hurts? Yes. You can say the same thing about Gardner too. That's the thing that's I'm scaring the that, shit bro. out of me. No, that's I'm the thing not. that's scaring me though. You know, you get what I'm saying? Like Gardner will sit in there, have the same amount of time, and he can't run, so he can't get out of that shit. And when he does panic. It's thrown up. It's just like whoop. Uh, so everyone's got a chance. Bro, I'm saying this offensive line is great, like you said. Shout out to Lane Johnson. The whole offensive line is great. I can stand back there and pat that ball for five minutes, and you know what I'm saying. But Jalen Hurts makes it go due to his ability to run, due to his ability to run read option with Miles Sanders. Mm-hmm. That game against Green Bay was crazy. I believe they both yeah. had 50, if I'm not mistaken. So I mean, like I said, of course, like you said, Logan Jalen makes the whole thing go round. So hopefully he's back, if not this week, and y'all still handle business, the division round. But if you don't handle business, hopefully he's ready next week. Nick, what you got, buddy? The thing about Hurts that I don't think it's enough credit or people don't talk about enough is that his work ethic. A lot of people did, weren't riding on Hurts. They were like, this is a, his make or break year. Like, if he doesn't do it this year, then he's not it. And, like, a lot of people were still in Philly hating on this man last season. A lot of people forget 
And yeah, but that's fairly fancy. That's fairly fancy. No, look, I mean, look, 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 look at look at look at look at look at talking about how Philly fans are like, oh, you want me out of here? I'll get out of here. Yeah, and then look at half every the comments. Then, then, then read the comments. Then read the comments, bro. Then read the comments, bro. Everybody wants Philly. to play in Philly for a reason, George. That's why free agents flock here for a reason. No. They want to feel something. No, no, they no. They want to facts, make facts. sure that people that they're playing for actually care about what they're doing, bro. No, facts, facts. Big guys, ass phony Cowboys guys... fans coming from all over. Anyway, ass, bro. Ass. <laughs> can we can we stop that too, please? Dak is not ass, but just no, he's not. He's not. No, he's he's been be playing fair, ass this season. He's uh, been playing ass. To be fair, no, his, his interception. Listen, bro. Listen, listen. Dak Prescott's not ass. He's definitely better than the average quarterback, but he's not much better than the average quarterback. Y'all That's tripping. all I'm saying, bro. There's literally a pick against the Titans and hit dude in the hands in his chest, bounced off miraculously. That's not his fault. 100. Yeah, yeah, right. He's a top. Yo, he's a top. There's a few that. He's a top ten indications. There's been tip drills, bro. It's he's a top. He just forces it too much, man. That's what I don't like. I don't like that forcing shit, bro. He needs to. He needs to go back to how how the fuck he used to play before and like, yo, if there's nothing there, throw that shit out. Run the. He's in between ten. Stop fucking forcing it. He's right. You know, he's in between eight and ten. Dak is a nice B. Ten and fifteen to me. Yeah, he's ten. A quarterback too. is a B tier does not mean he's ass. You're right. You're this season, I think right. he's. Been I just like the way Shady. I, I I just like the fact that Shady says it. So that's why I always say it. He well, go ahead, ass. Nick. Before we Shady be all types of out of pocket stuff. Yeah, yeah. Sure, yeah, <laughs> they all. That's how they he's get a, the clicks. He's an attention oh, grabber. Sure, that's why. That's why, yeah, that's why Shannon didn't show up. This kind of crazy. <laughs> but anyway, the work ethic of Jalen Hurts. I mean, you've seen it from when he went from Alabama to Oklahoma and now at Philly. Like, you see this man literally – you can see what – him changing his game, and he wants to get better. The thing that I really liked about him is that you could tell he wants to get better. He's not content where he at right now. He wants to make the team better. He wants to be better for the team. And I think you're seeing that. Um, the team without Hurts, you're seeing that right now. Minshew is not horrible, obviously. He's an NFL quarterback. And you're seeing that the team's just not playing as great with him because, like Logan said, the intangibles. He can't run. There's no RPO. There's no, nothing like that anymore. So the game plan is completely different. And you just contain Miles Sanders without the option of the QB running, then that's all they got to do, hold the run game, and then just force Minshew to make the bad throw. That's it. Well, and that's the thing, too, that's kind of been frustrating as well, is Sirianni has come out a couple of times and like told the media that the game plan isn't going to change and that they're still going to run the same type of offense that they run with Hurts as they run with Minshew. Mm-hmm. And it's like, it's you just to you me, can't. you can't do it. Yeah, you you you, you yeah. literally can't do it. Yeah. And that's the reason that it's not working the way that they think it's going to supposed to work. If you want to be able to run the same type of game plan, then you need a different, you need a backup quarterback that plays the same type of way that Jalen Hurts does. Mm-hmm. And like a Huntley. Well, and there's a, yeah, there's a couple like, yeah, like a Tyler Huntley or, or but, mm-hmm. they, or even, I mean, I don't know. There's a couple guys that you could spitball and they're going to probably need a new backup because Jay, or Gardner's on the last year of his contract anyway. And he's going to want a chance, mm-hmm. at least a chance to fight for a starting spot somewhere. And somebody will give him that chance to at least fight in training camp for that spot. New York. Yeah, somebody will. Uh, but 
I agree with you 100% on Jalen Hurts and the leadership thing and everything like that. Mm-hmm. He's a coach's kid, and not a lot of people realize the fact that he's the first one in the building and the last one to leave every single day. And that's something that rubs off on everybody inside the locker room, bro. And you go, it's like a, it's like a complete 180 from going from Wentz, who is all about himself, to this guy Hurts, who doesn't care about anything but the team. And mm-hmm. it's, uh, it's nice, obviously, when you see the franchise catering to him, like going out and getting AJ Brown, who's not just one of the top five wide receivers in the league, but he's also his best friend. And it's like, I guess that, that there's no, there's no way that doesn't work. You know what I mean? Like that's impossible not to work. They're best friends off the field and on the field, they're both top five at their position. And it's shown this year. Uh, I don't know. Again, it all hinges on the quarterback to me. It's tough to see a world where, Jalen Hurts doesn't come back in the playoffs just considering all the reports and everything that I've seen. But again, if they go into this game and Garner Minshew's to starter, like there's a very, very realistic chance that the same thing, like, there's a very realistic chance that I might be taking a trip down to see one of y'all and then having to drive up to Tampa. Because I remember being in Florida last year for that game because the same exact thing happened last year. We were yeah. in, in the game against. Tampa Bay Buccaneers in Tampa Bay first year and Hertz was still throwing to lawn chairs just like Wentz was. And he, besides D Smitty, D Smitty was there and uh, yeah, Hertz was not the same quarterback that he is this year. So it would definitely be, and Tom Brady is surely not the same quarterback as he was last year. Although him and Mike Evans did have quite an incredible game to down the Panthers. That was impressive. But uh, talk about how good Mike Evans is, though, for like a quick second, dude. Yeah, that was crazy. No one underrated, super underrated. He is made Baker Mayfield look like an insane quarterback at Oklahoma. But continue, Logan. No, for real. He's 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 like that, bro. No, Mike, Mike, Mike Evans. Mike Evans is like, wait, didn't he go to A&M? Yeah, he went to A&M. He played with Johnny Manziel. That's right. That's right. Yeah, yeah, Manziel. He did make Manziel. My fault, my fault, my fault. I got Baker. And yeah, yeah, Manziel, Baker, man, like, same yeah. person to me. <laughs> nah, but they are. Oh yeah, no, just um, <laughs> yeah, no, just no, you're uh, right, sticking right. sticking with with the Eagles and stuff. Y'all made some great points for sure. So I'm not gonna even really say that much because I'm gonna just be repeating what y'all said. But uh, Nick, I totally agree with you that Jalen Hurts, like his work ethic, like like I had told Logan, I think every single year he's gotten so much better. Like he knows where his weaknesses are and what he needs to work on every single year, every single season coming onto the field. And he does greatly in that. And um, his leadership, of course, like if it's not for him, I don't think that this Eagles team is where they are right now. I think that he is an MVP caliber quarterback. I don't think he's above Patrick Mahomes, but he is an MVP caliber quarterback he he does bring that aura to the team and if it's not for him the eagles are not in the position that they are in right now even though their defense is is solid not not the great but it's solid it's good enough to get them into the playoffs and even win playoff games maybe get him into the conference uh, championship but they need hurts if it, if hurts is not there one they're not gonna go deep into the playoffs Two, they're not gonna win this sunday against new york if new york is starting all their players i don't i don't see them winning I see the Cowboys taking that number one seed because I see us beating Washington for sure because we want to get that number one seed. We want to be at the crib playing every single game. But if Hurts does come back and he does play this Sunday, I see the Eagles taking the number one seed for sure. Hurts is just that dude that he knows exactly what to do. That's why I think Dak has been playing ass this year 
I'm going to compare it now to Hertz because Hertz knows exactly what to do. If his first option is not open, he's looking to the second. Second's not open, he's looking to his third. If those options are not open, he's running the ball. If he can't run the ball, that ball's going towards out of bounds. And that's the thing that I don't like about Dak right now because he's not doing that. He's trying to force shit, and it's pissing me the fuck off. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, well, he, tries to, he tries to be Superman, and that's kind of what Yeah, dude, doing. no, no, we don't need that, bro. You, yeah. you need to be a game-managing quarterback while also being skillful. And that's what mm-hmm. Jalen Hurts has, and that's what Dak needs to do. So I'm gonna go yeah. off of off of uh the Eagles right now and just jump into the Cowboys, right? So our defense is fucking impeccable. You guys have seen it. Yeah, the last few weeks we have gone downhill for sure, but I think it's because of the whole them using their energy so much on defense, they're getting tired out there because our offense is fucking ass because of Dak. Like I feel like that's the only piece right there that is making our offense bad because CD Lamb is doing fucking work. Tony Pollard is doing fucking work. Ezekiel Elliott, eight straight games with a TD. He's he's finally come back and emerging. Our offensive line is somewhat protecting Dak. Obviously, there's times that they can't, and he goes and forces the play, but it's just all riding on Dak right now. And if Dak doesn't get his shit together, I see us. I think we beat the Bucks if we go in that seventh seed, but after that, I don't think we win a game just because of the way that Dak is playing. He needs to play so much better than he is right now. We can't rely on the defense to bring every single game home for us. You saw it against the Eagles. Michael Parsons was calling for a fucking timeout on that last play of the game because he was so damn tired. Like, we can't have that every single game. We need Dak to step up, and we need him to do work coming into the playoffs. Dak has stepped up, though. The Eagles game, Dak was really good. The Jaguars game, he was good for a half, and then the second half was like a little hit. But overtime wasn't even his fault. Noah Brown, you got to catch that, buddy. That bounced off your hands, pick six. Yeah. He's good against the Titans. That has been relatively good. And since he came back, the Cowboys are like first in almost every offensive category or second. And see, you said CD doing work. CD can only do work if Dak doing some type of work. So it's like, I'm not the thing is harsh on Dak. My bad to cut you off. But the thing is that. He does good. I'm not saying that he he's playing terrible because I don't think he is a terrible quarterback. But the reason I say he's playing like ass is because well, you know what it is when it comes to sports, bro. One mistake will turn a whole game around. And if you're forcing a ball, like let's say double coverage or forcing a ball to try to get uh, make a Superman play and, and you make a turnover, that turnover could cost us the game. Sometimes you just need to throw it out of bounds and get the next play. I get it if it's third down. If it's third down, you got to make something happen. But if it's second down, first down, and you force the ball and make a turnover, bro, like, why? Why? Look what he did against Philly. Philly really probably should have won that game because the Dallas defense was really getting messed up. If we give it a buck 50, that was really getting lit up by Gardner and the boys. You know, a, a bad funnel by Miles. Some pigs by Gardner. Terrible turnovers in that game, boy. I mean, terrible. Like, four turnovers. The Eagles had three turnovers all year going into that game and had four in it. And but now you look at Dak, and, and Dak saved that day because he was able to score. And he played really well, minus the first drive when he threw the pick six. Yeah, that was a terrible throw. I mean, that was a god-awful throw. Besides you that, you're right. right. There, he did, right he, there. he, he did, though. would have won by two great. touchdowns. But, but I'm saying, like, Dak is good, bro. You just have to understand, like, you're not getting Patty burrow as level play you're getting like you know Dak, Derek Carr, Kirk Cousins level play like you, you, he doing what he can do man he doing the best he can 
I just look when I think of deck, I watched one game from start to besides the games that they played against the Eagles. I watched no two games that they played from start to finish. Dallas, that is, uh, one was against Green Bay, uh, where realistically they should have won that game, in my opinion. And I think that gave that game away. Uh, and the second one was against the Texans at home. And correct me if I'm wrong, but he threw two interceptions in that game that were not good, like were ugly. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they should have lost that game to the one in twelve and one Texans at home. Like they should have lost. Uh, and Dak did come back, lead that drive down the field to win the game. Uh, look to me, the the recipe for the Cowboys is simple in terms of success: run the ball take time off the clock and keep the defense off the field. Because in my opinion, I do think that defense is vaunted. It's very, very good, but injuries have plagued everybody this year. And it's no different with Dallas. Uh, They're getting some guys back there. I think their linebacker core is still weak. In my opinion, they have one of the weakest linebacker cores in the league. In my opinion, they have the best, one of the best defensive lines, but so do the Eagles. I will say Uh, you did talk about how the Eagles have a mediocre defense. And I will say they have the best defensive line in football. In my opinion, that's without question. They broke the bears record for most sacks ever. Uh, They have like five guys over eight sacks. Like they are, they are dogs. Like they get, they get at it and get active. Uh, Their secondary has been great. Slay and Bradbury have been top two or top five. I'd say those two have been throughout the year, uh, especially in PFF. Their safeties have been hurt. That's the thing that's kind of killing them. Uh, CJC was great when he was playing. I, like you said, Justin, I think he should have been a pro bowler as well. Um, when it comes to the Cowboys, I think Curse has been great. I think Dace is taking tremendous strides forward in terms of coverage. He's not that ball hawk that everybody – like everybody knew that shit was not going to happen every single year. Like he had an absurd amount of interceptions last year. Like that was great, but he was terrible in coverage. Like I would much rather have the digs that's playing this year than last year, in my opinion. He's paid a lot better in coverage one-on-one and – he doesn't have as many picks to show for it, but again, he's not being as, as aggressive towards the ball. That's why. Yes, uh, exactly. He's to, and yeah. that's, and, but he's trying to limit the big plays that he was yeah, giving facts. up all year. And I think that's another reason why the Cowboys defense is taking a tremendous step forward is the fact that they have guys in the secondary now that knows that the defensive line is going to get home. They'll force the turnovers. You just have to be in the right position because Micah will get home. Like the, the, they're all going Eventually. to make plays. <laughs> yeah, exactly. They're all going to make plays and force the quarterback to make the mistake. Like, for example, the two interceptions that you had against Gardner Minshew. <gasps> here come, here, he's like, he's like, oh, God, here comes 11. <gasps> Throw it up. And it's like it's a Hail Mary. Side. It's like, yeah, it's like, it's like you never know what's going to happen. And I think that's what Dallas kind of has to realize is like the D-line is going to get home. If you guys are in the right position and you're in, in the general vicinity as the wide receiver, you're going to be able to make a play on the ball. Regardless of if it's a pick, a deflection, anything like that, they're good enough to be able to stick with them. The problem with them is – if you run into a very good tight end, a Dallas Goddard-esque, uh, you know, you wouldn't run into Kelsey until the Super Bowl, but a guy like that who can – or Tanyan has been playing great for Green Bay. If you run into a tight end that can downright dominate whoever is trying to guard him one-on-one, that would be your biggest problem to me on defense. But Dallas, to me, it's all about running the ball. Tony Pollard, like you said, has been great all year, and you have that good one-two punch with Zeke, whereas if Tony Pollard does get hurt, I would use him as the – not hurt, uh, tired – Use him as the first and second down back, and then just have your boy Zeke there. And it's like by that point, the offensive line is good enough to where Pollard should be averaging around three to four yards per carry. 
So if you're in third and three, third and two situation at that point, it's like either Dak has to make a short pass that he can make because when he gets the ball out quick, that's when he's at his best. Or you give the ball to Zeke and you're in four down territory. Like I I just don't – I think – I think a lot of the times McCarthy and company overcomplicate what they really need to do because their game plan to me is quite simple. Run the ball, two clock, keep your defense off the field as much as possible so your defensive line has all that energy to rush the quarterback and make sure that the secondary doesn't get there because nobody really mm-hmm. runs on you. So I don't know. Kind of like a, a Rams type. Yeah. You know, run the ball, open up the pass. Exactly, because when agree. and and when and that play action does open, defense off the field, you're gonna have 88 down the field wide open. Mm-hmm. He gets free boy, <laughs> every time. He, yeah, he gets free. So when you open that up, it's a dangerous game. But they just try to mm-hmm. throw too much, and then when they try to get to the run game, when the run game is just, they'll give it mm-hmm. to him once, and then they'll give it to Dak three more times, and it's like, ah, just run the ball, bro. Like you don't, you don't need to do all this. It's 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 really not that complicated. Yeah, man. Well, yeah. Hey, playoffs are around the corner. It's going to be a dope uh, 2023 uh, playoffs. Pray pray, pray for all of us. Pray for all of us, especially Justin. You got to pray for him. God damn. Oh, yeah, not for real. (laughs) (laughs) It's going to be dope. Um, Great, bro. Great conversation, man. We went on for for a little while right now. Obviously, I'm going to have you guys back on. But before we get out of here, man, and put in your plugins, man. Let, let the people know where they can watch you, listen to you, and where they can see all your stuff. Go ahead, Freezy. Instagram, Freezy Sports, Twitter, Sports Freezy, TikTok, Freezy Sports. Damn, with some energy, boy. God damn. <laughs> My man's sick. I'm depressed, bro. He's sad. Go ahead, Logan. Uh, you can hit me at Logan Peter 9 on all socials and then uh, ESPN 1060 Washington soon in the summer, bro. Play by play. Hey. Some baseball. Let them know. Let them know. Let them know what's be. up. Let them know what's up. 1060 ESPN Washington. That's where you got to be. You'll hear me every night, 7 o'clock. Yakima Valley Pippins. Me and Babe. y'all will have a conversation. You won't talk back, but you'll hear me. Play by play announcer right there for a minor league baseball team. That's what's up, Nick. Nick, where you at? IG at Nick J Will TV and on Twitter Nick J Will. Someone tell Nick to post more. Yeah, for real. Someone tell him. Nick's, Nick's got to use that fucking camera that he got. Yeah, oh, dude. fuck. <laughs> Guys, you know you can follow me on Twitter at George Mike Perez, IG TikTok and YouTube IG Mike Media underscore. The podcast, the audio version is under the G Perspective on all podcast platforms and YouTube. Y'all already know what's up, baby. My boys, hey, great conversation, man. Hopefully, um, uh, hopefully uh, the Cowboys uh, play the Bucks. <laughs> nah, nah, hopefully the that. Cowboys lose so we can play the Bucks so I can go to that fucking game next week. Oh, that'd, that'd be, be nice. Fun. Hey, yeah, let's that'd go. Be fire. That'd be let's all root for that. Yeah. <laughs> let's go to team. Let's go. But, hey, thank you guys, man. Hey, for sure, I'm going to have you guys back on. Hey, it was good talking to you guys again. You know, we all graduated, and we all moving on to bigger and better things, baby. Yes, sir. Yo, appreciate you.